you've ever been in love, you know that being in love with someone, another person, not your dog, okay? Um, being in love with another person, there's a point when you fall in love with somebody that your world goes from black and white. It's like you're almost living in a black and white movie. But once you've fallen in love, it's almost like all of a sudden, everything starts to have color. You're like, wow, the trees are beautiful. The sun is out. You start noticing life in a different way. And life, which was at one time dark, bland, now all of a sudden has flavor and color. It's an incredible experience. The same thing in our faith life, my brothers and sisters, must happen. That if you still have yet to fall in love with God, then you're still living in black and white. Life is still bland, dark, cold, black and white. Everything that we do in our faith life all of our prayers, all of our practices, coming to Mass, praying the Rosary, reading your Bible, anything and everything that we do is not to do it out of duty, but out of love. Because we know that we have been loved, and now I just want to love in return. That's why I go to Mass. That's why I pick up my rosary. That's why I go to the chapel. That's why I speak to Jesus. Because I know that I have been loved in a radical way. And now I, I just want to love him in return. That, my brothers and sisters, has to be the, the foundation of everything that we do as Catholics. Love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. When we hear this, we can think that, you know, God just, you know, God loves everybody. You know, God loves everyone. God loves the world in general. We know that. We know that on an intellectual level. We know that here in our minds. But have we yet experienced it here? God does not love people in general. He doesn't love a group of people. He doesn't love people in masses, in numbers. He loves individually, uniquely, and particularly each and every one of us. Personally, he loves me. He doesn't love me amongst many. He loves me. Do I know that? When we think about God loving me, it can make me feel a little uncomfortable at times. Because we're not sure. 
does God really love me? You know, the creator of the whole entire universe, of all of these stars and of all of the planets and all of the galaxies and the, the creator of everything loves me? Why? What did I do for him, for him to love me? Why does he love me? Why does he bother his day with me? Piddly old me. Doesn't he have more important people to love out there? Like, he probably loves, you know, Sister Amanda because she's a nun. So he's going to go and help her before he helps me. There's a part of us that wants to resist his love and say, I don't know if he loves me. Even further, sometimes we could think, yeah, yeah, God loves me, but does God actually like me? Have you ever thought about it that way? Like, God loves everybody. Yeah, 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 I, I love you, but you know, I, I don't really like you, right? Sometimes we can live in that. God loves me. Does he like me? Does he, does he enjoy me? Does God enjoy being in, in my presence? Does God like to see me? Not right now, because I just made him, I just, I just screamed at my mother-in-law, so I don't know if he loves me right now. I don't know if he likes me right now because I just lied or I just made a mistake. If we do not know the unwavering, constant love of God for me uniquely, there's two things going on. There's either one, I'm in denial about my need for God to love me. Denial meaning, I, I'm a good person, so of course God loves me. And we remain on the surface because we don't want to actually admit that we are sinners. We don't want to admit our faults. We don't want to admit our need for his mercy. So we just kind of like ignore that part that I'm really actually a hot mess. Every single one of us are a hot mess. Do you know what I mean by that? Like we are all a catastrophe, a disaster. Every single one of us, we are. If everybody actually saw into our lives, they would see a complete disaster. All of us, all of us, me included. We're all sinners. But there comes a point in your faith journey with Jesus where you begin to face that, where you begin to go from denial that, oh, I'm this great, amazing, good person, and I'll look at all the nice things that I do for people. There comes a point where that image of you becomes shattered, and God starts to show you, no, no. You're actually a broken person. You're actually... You need more. You need me. And it's very hard to, to pass that stage of having to face yourself as you really actually are. Of going from denial that I'm this good person to all of a sudden God showing you, nope, you're actually a broken sinner who is in need of me. You're actually very sick and you need a doctor. And that's very hard for many people to overcome, to face, and to accept. So what we do is, 
we stay in denial. Do you make, does this make sense? The other extreme, there's two extremes. There's two enemies here to the love of God. This denial, this surfacey denial, and then there is the other opposite extreme of despair of God's love. Meaning that I can never, I always see myself as so bad and so sinful that there's no way that God will ever love me. And that there's nothing that I could ever do. God will never love me. And that I, all of my sins are just too big for God. So we despair. Meaning we become hopeless. Like I'm just too bad. There's these two extremes, my brothers and sisters, and these two extremes the devil wants us to stay in because he doesn't want us to, to, to allow Jesus to break down those walls to love us as we are. Because he knows that the minute Jesus breaks through that door of those false lies, life will become in color again. And he doesn't want that. The devil wants us to remain in black and white. He wants us to remain depressed. The devil wants you to be depressed. Are you listening to me? That is a reality. And the devil will do everything that he can to keep you depressed. The only medicine is when we allow Jesus in to the darkness, letting the light enter into the darkness, and changing it as it is, as I am. We always think that we have to be perfect. We have to fix ourselves. We have to change ourselves. We have to do good things. We have to pray this. We have to do that in order for God to, to love me, to be happy with me. When really, my brothers and sisters, there is nothing that you and I can do to make ourselves worthy of God's love. We're never going to be worthy. I can pray 70 hours a week in the chapel, and I will never be worthy of wearing these clothes and standing on this altar. There is nothing that I can do to be worthy of it. Nothing. There is nothing that you can do. There's nothing that your kids can do for you to make them, to make you want to love them more. You're going to love your kid. How many of you are parents? When your child is pooping and you have to change their diaper, what are they exactly doing for you to make you love them? Zero, they're pooping on you. Correct? Yeah. But does a parent stop loving their, their child because the child is pooping on them? No. Guess what, guys? We make a mess with God. We do. Our sins, I hate to say it, are like a dirty diaper. Our sins are a dirty diaper. Our weaknesses, our failures, all of these things, they make up a dirty diaper. And guess what? It doesn't shock Jesus. It doesn't shock God the Father. God the Father is not saying, well, you have a dirty diaper right now, so I don't want to touch you. I don't want to be around you. 
Actually, it's when he wants to run to us the most. That's the love of God. One time I was on a retreat. I was on my 30-day silent retreat. 30 days, let me just remind you. 30 days of silence. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, it was the most incredible experience and the most traumatic experience, let me just tell you. And um, I was really, really fighting God because I, I, I was looking so much at all of my weaknesses and all of my failures and all of my sins and, and all of the bad things that I do and all of the things of me that I don't like. I, was, I just couldn't get over myself. My pride was in the way. It was like, well, look at how you do this, and look what you've done, and look what you've said, and look at what you've... And I could not get over myself. I just kept seeing myself. So therefore, I couldn't understand how God and why God would love me, because I didn't love me. I didn't like me. I still don't really like me sometimes. That's the reality. I'm still working on it. I used to think that self-love was like weird psychology. Until I went on this retreat and I realized that self-love is absolutely necessary. If you do not like yourself, if you cannot accept yourself in your perfections and your imperfections, you will never be able to experience the love of God. You will not. You can say you know that God loves you all day long, but it will not pierce here. It will only stay here on your mind. It will not hit your soul. So when I was on this retreat, I was praying and I was fighting. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't get why you would love me. Look at me. I'm a disaster. I just don't get it. Why would you waste your time? Why would you do this? Why would you send your son? And why would Jesus die this horrific death for me? I got a dirty diaper. I don't get it. And... Um, as I was praying there, I noticed this other priest in the chapel, and he was sitting in the corner, and the, the sun was going down, and the, dark, the, the chapel was getting dark. And I noticed the priest was, like, really having a hard time, like, really a hard time reading or writing or whatever. I, I could see that he was struggling. You know, after sitting in, in silence for 24 hours a day, you just become bored. So I just, like, I sit over, sitting over there and just noticed this. I'm like, hmm. I'm like people watching, you know what I mean? I noticed this, and all of a sudden, I'm praying this prayer, and then I notice this priest, and then, it, so something tells me, okay, go get up and turn on the light for him. I was like, okay, I get up and turn on the light for him. So I get up, turn the light on for him, he looks at me, and he's like, hey, thank you so much. I'm like, no big deal. Go back to my seat. Boom. It hits me. It hits me. I hear the, this voice, and I know it's not me. It sounds like me. It sounds like my voice. It doesn't sound like, Patrick, this is the voice of God. It doesn't sound like that at all. It sounds like my own voice. And this voice says to me, this voice says to me, if you who are sinful and broken are able to get up and do this small act for a complete stranger who has done nothing for you and you've done nothing for him, you have no connection, you have no relationship at all, but you got up and you did something selfless for a complete stranger and you were able to love that complete stranger. If you are able to do that for a complete stranger in that one little tiny act of love, then how could you imagine me 
to be any less loving? How am I, the creator of the whole entire world, and the one who made you, how could I love you any less? If you are able to love in this small, tiny way, how could I, who am the great I am, not love you? I don't know if you got that, but I, it hit for me. And I just knew, and in that moment, it was so clear to me, and I just started weeping like a baby. Like weeping, like sobbing, like ex I, I couldn't even breathe anymore. Even he looked over at me, and he grabbed me a tissue, and he was like, <laughs> but he spoke. And it broke down all of my walls, all of my insecurities, everything that I was fighting, it just completely melted away. And after that, you guys, life began to look like color again. Because I knew he loved me. Our issue, my brothers and sisters, is that we don't like ourselves, which is why we are not able to accept his love for us, especially when we are in, in a mess, especially when we've sinned, when we've made mistakes, when we don't live up to all of the standards that we have for ourselves, and when we make those mistakes and we don't live up to those standards, we beat ourselves up and we criticize ourselves and we make ourselves feel like crap, literally. That's all the devil. That's all the devil making you hate yourself and dislike yourself so that you could think that God is disliking you or so that you can block God's love. But really, God wants to love us in our darkness. He actually, he wants the light to come into the darkness. We don't need to be light in order for darkness, in order for the light to come in. We can remain in the dark at times and allow Jesus' light to come in. What does a doctor want? Does a doctor want to see the sick? What did the doctor become a doctor for? For the sick or for the healthy? For the sick. And so instead of having this complex of like, oh, I'm a great person, or I'm the worst person in the world and I'm terrible and I'm just going to go to hell no matter what. No, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I make mistakes. But it doesn't stop God's love for me. He loves me. And he's not shocked by me. He's not disgusted with me. He's not angry with me. He loves me as I am. The greatest feeling in the whole entire world is knowing and experiencing that love. But we have to make peace with all of the broken parts of us that we don't like. St. Therese said this, and I love St. Therese so much because I think she's the greatest psychologist that ever lived. She was 24 years old and she was the greatest psychologist that ever lived, and she said this. She said, if you can bear the trial or the difficulty of being displeasing to yourself in a peaceful way, then you will be pleasing for Jesus. I'm going to say that again. It's difficult. If you can bear the trial, bear it, endure the trial of being displeasing to yourself, then you will be pleasing to Jesus. Meaning that in order for us to please Jesus, 
We have to accept and bear the trial of the times when I don't like myself, when I am displeased with myself and not react to it in a peaceful way. Look at all of my brokenness and say, he still loves me and not react to it in a peaceful way. Then we will be pleasing to Jesus. That's very difficult. That's very difficult. When you're down, when you're in the dirt, does Jesus still like me? Does he still love me? When I'm doing great and amazing, does he love me? He loves me always. That, my brothers and sisters, I really truly believe is the root of so many evils and problems in the world today. Because people are starving. We are starving for love. That's all people want. We just want to be loved. It's the way that we were made up. We're created for love. But no human being can fill that part of my heart besides the one who made me. And so everything that we do, my brothers and sisters, has to be because we want to receive that love from him. Not about me giving that love to him. No, 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 no. No, no, receiving that love. Not fighting it. Today, that's what all I want us to do today. Is look for the little moments where you are going to receive God's love. Not Jesus, oh, let me love you. We can't even love him. We can't. Today, I want you to just receive that love. When you receive communion, receive his love. When you go out and you see the sun today, receive that love. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Receive love, and you will be able to give love. But it begins with him loving us first. Amen? Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.